Hey everybody, Marcus here from Spill It. Just want to say a massive thank you for tuning to the next episode of Spill It's Pride Month featuring Beth Meadows from Lancashire LGBT. Beth was so professional and such a great guest to have on the show, specifically because of the fact that during this episode, I had a few technical issues because of the state of the Wi-Fi. Believe it or not, I paid for hotel Wi-Fi. I paid a whopping £15 for a, a better connection of Wi-Fi, and it was rubbish. It carried on dropping out, and I had so many issues with this particular episode. However, the content was so good that I didn't want to just get rid of the episode. So I have done my best to edit the sound file so you don't get all of those uh, pauses or breaking of connections. But you might find that some questions might not get asked correctly or some responses might be a little bit iffy and that's because I've done what I can do to edit that. You'll also notice as well that throughout the episode there will be a bit of feedback from when I start speaking. Again this is due to the wi-fi connection issue that I had but because of the quality, the great quality of content that was in this conversation with Beth, I didn't want to re-record the episode because I feel as though some things may get missed out. Like Beth goes into so much detail and I didn't want to lose that. So I made, I've made the decision to keep the episode in. Um, as I've said though, there is going to be a part two and hopefully uh, we will be able to re revisit these areas and we'll get, a, you know, a, a better sound quality audio file. Eh? How's that? <laughs> Massive shout out to Beth for being so, again, as I say, being so professional and for being just such a legend throughout this episode and just being so patient with the technical issues. So thank you, Beth. And thank you, you guys, once again, for wanting to listen to this conversation with me and Beth. Hope you enjoy it. And until we spill it again, guys, it's bye for now. Guess what, everyone? It's season two. Thank you so much for being part of the Spill It journey with me and tuning in to the Spill It podcast. Spill It is a show where I get to speak to inspirational people and share inspirational stories to connect people together, inspire people, and everybody should be learning something new. Spill It is filmed live every Wednesday at 7pm over on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Viewers are able to be part of the conversation by joining in and leaving comments as part of the live streams. For more information on Spill It, to find the links for the live shows, find upcoming episodes and guests to be part of the show or to support me by joining the official Spill It Patreon or get yourself some merch, head over to the Spill It website at www.spillit.uk. Hello, welcome to a brand new episode of this little tiny little show that I like to call Spill It. Spill It is a show where I get to speak to inspirational people and share inspirational stories to connect people together, inspire others, 
and help people learn something new. This episode is episode 63. We are still in Pride Month as well. And we are going to talk about LGBT in Lancashire. The amazing and fabulous Beth Meadows will be joining us at 7.10pm. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. What an awesome person she is. I cannot wait to get into all of this with her. It's going to be absolutely epic. So please make sure that you stay tuned for that. Until then, though, you have got me. I am going to be with you for the next 10 minutes. Keeping you company. Telling you some little things. It's going to be so cool. So yeah, ah, I'm really excited, as you can tell. <laughs> if you haven't checked out our other episodes yet, then you can do. All you have to do is head over to the Spill It website, www.spillit.uk, and you will be able to catch up on all of the episodes, all of the previous episodes. So you'll be able to catch up on all 62 other episodes that we've done. And you'll also be able to listen to the podcast. So if you're listening to this in the car or whilst you're at home and you're having a bath, I don't know why in the bath, but there you go. You'll be able to do all of that uh, over on the podcast. And as I said to you last week and the week before as well, we was officially invited uh, invited onto Amazon Podcasts and Audible as well. Deborah is celebrating her husband's 65th birthday today. Happy 65th birthday to Deborah's husband. I don't know his name, Deborah. I'm sorry. If you want a personal shout out, let me know his name and I'll give you a personal shout out. <laughs> Okay. Oh, and Stephen's joined as well. Happy birthday to your husband. Yes, we all agree here at Spill It. Happy birthday to your husband. Now, it is time for a little bit of tea. It is time for a little bit of tea. Now, I have got some tea for you today. Ooh, I haven't. It's, not, it's, it's nothing great. <laughs> but it is time for a little bit of tea. So, a little bit of Jezza. So, Jezza, Mr. Jeremy Kyle has been in the media quite recently over the last couple of weeks, I have noticed. And it is, uh, I wanted to kind of, I want to kind of talk about it because Jeremy Kyle was something that we all used to watch all that lot. And then he got removed off the air because uh, one of his guests, um, unfortunately took their own life uh, because of a lie detector, etc. And the whole thing was out there. Now, Jeremy Kyle has been open and honest with the media recently about his anxiety issues and it caused depression and things like that. Um, and I wanted to know what your thoughts were about this situation, because on one hand, you're like, well, I feel really bad um, because, you know, he's going, you know, because he's going through all of this. But at the same time, obviously, I don't kind of like that format of, of the, you know, the whole Jeremy Kyle kind of Jerry Springer and all that. I don't like those types of formats. I just think that the, it's quite hard on people and people's mental health and things like that. And I'm a massive advocate for mental health and things like that. Um, but at the same time, when you get things like Love Island, where, you know, there are there have been multiple people who have actually been contested on there and there's been no aftercare treatments or or whatever, and they've taken their own lives, unfortunately, as well. Um, you know, th th there doesn't seem to be a penalization when it comes to stuff like that. And I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. Let me know, drop a comment and let's, let's talk about it because I think it is important that we talk about it really. Moving on, 
very, very quickly, because I'm very aware that Beth is waiting patiently to come out. MW Coaching will be launching on the first week of October. So for those who don't know what MW Coaching is, it is a coaching service that I have set up in my own name. It's a little bit of coaching with Marcus. Uh, essentially, I am a qualified life coach and I have not actually done anything about life coaching. And so what I'm going to be doing is actually doing life coaching with people. I'm going to be giving away four spots completely free of charge throughout the whole of October. Um, what that essentially means is that we will do different workshops. We'll work together and uh, we will find a little bit more about you. There's like a color system of like your personality traits and things like that. And it's basically those four weeks going to be an introduction of finding out a little bit more about yourself and then what we can do moving forward uh, to get your life if you've kind of lost that spark you kind of lost that drive kind of got into your own head about it and also stood in your own way because the first thing that obviously i talk about is imposter syndrome now for those who don't know me i suffer massively with imposter syndrome i am always doubting myself i am always saying that i'm not good enough uh, the friendship groups that i've got that I am not worthy of those friends. Or if somebody says something, I automatically start putting up my walls and things like that. And it all boils down to imposter syndrome. I suffer really badly with it. And it's one of the things that I want to focus on with these uh, coaching groups. So if you feel like you are, uh, you, you've lost your spark, you're standing in your own way, all of that lot, then make sure that you get in touch and let me know. And hopefully we will work together in October for my coaching sessions. There you go. There are comments flying through as well. Just before we welcome Beth out, let's have a look and see some of these comments. Stephen, <laughs> I hate Love Island. Same. Uh, Linda, I hate Jeremy Kyle's show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. The the whole format for both shows is uh, is is not great. But we've got to look at things as an individual per like an, an individual person. So obviously Jeremy Kyle is going like has gone through a, a, a lot at the moment. Um but yeah, I completely understand where people's thoughts are. So yeah. Right. Anyway, I've talked your ears off for the last 10 to 15 minutes. It is time to bring out my guest of the hour. Give Beth a massive spill it welcome because here she is. It is the lady of the hour. It is Beth Meadows. Hello, Beth. Hello, what an introduction. Thank you, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> How are you this glorious evening? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I was a little bit jarred by how strong that tea was that was on your little tea clip. I, I was distracted by it. I was like, that's the strongest brew I think I've ever seen in my life. So somebody put a comment on the on the video that I shared out saying that they think it was coffee, uh, which would coffee. make yeah, which would make sense. <laughs> but then they were like, oh, maybe you should have got tea and not coffee. And I was like, well, to be fair, when it comes to tea time, it doesn't matter what's in the cup. It's about the tea that's spilled. Um, so there you go. So that's my <laughs> excuse for it anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. No problem. Stephen has said, welcome Beth Meadows with lots of kisses. Oh, thanks, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, and with your expertise as well, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. I really can't wait to get into this as well. Okay, <laughs> before, before we get into it are you ready to play a little game always 
Brilliant. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to play one of my games. And I say one because this is a brand new game for this evening. It is This or That. That's right. It is This or That. This is a brand new game that I'm going to be playing with my guests. Uh, essentially, it's going to be either you choose this or you choose that. I'm going to ask you to uh, two things. I'm going to say, like, for example, tea or coffee, and you're going to choose which one you would prefer. Now, I absolutely love this because those guys in the comments section, I want you guys to get in as into this game as well. Let us know what you would choose, either this or that <laughs> are you ready to play yes brilliant okay here we go we're going to ask you 10 questions okay. of this or that summer or winter summer oh good i enjoy I that, that. I enjoy enjoy a little bit of summer i hate the winter Hot girl summer, yes. <laughs> uh, theater or cinema theater Ooh, okay. Tough one, though. I went to the theatre last week. I went to see Hamilton, so I just it's in my head. You're on the theatre vibes at the moment. Mm. I get it. Don't worry. Uh, love or money? Love. Love. Yeah. Book or movie? Oh, I'd like to say book, but probably movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, tea or coffee? Coffee. Oh. <laughs> that's why you could spot the coffee before yeah i'm addicted <laughs> uh, pizza or burger uh pizza mm, okay chocolate or vanilla chocolate mm -hmm. coca-cola or pepsi probably neither if i have to choose coca-cola okay rain or snow snow okay you like the summer though just not <laughs> yeah i was like i mean running in the rain yes um but snow is just pretty and it reminds me of christmas and that's literally one of my favorite times of the year obviously yeah yeah <laughs> uh car or motorcycle uh car not car. that i've ever i don't can't drive a motorcycle so i'll just go with car <laughs> And because we're we're on topic, or I have been on topic, I'm going to ask you this one: Love Island or Jeremy Kyle? Oh, um, Love Island. Uh, yeah, get off my pleasure. show! It's a guilty pleasure. It's guilty. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I know it's there. We go. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I mean, get off my show! <laughs> and that was <laughs> that was this or that. <laughs> you uh did you enjoy it yeah loved it i kind of find it hard to make um fire decisions like that so it was good to practice that for me <laughs> <laughs> good enjoyed that enjoyed that i really enjoyed it to be fair that was the first one that we've done so i'm uh, i'm really happy about that and thank you guys in the comments who have also answered there's loads that you've done uh amazing thank you so much linda unfortunately is uh is not happy she likes the five second rule game um she oh, likes sorry, she likes people tripping up and saying things that they shouldn't do oh, no, we don't <laughs> <that>. <laughs> okay i'm gonna ask uh, a question that's on everybody's lips apparently oh, it's just on my lips anyway so <laughs> who is beth meadows 
Wow. I'm a 26-year-old um, community support worker for a charity called Lancashire LGBT. Um, I personally identify as bisexual and a genderqueer woman. Um, I've got a lot of passions, particularly around LGBTQ plus issues um, and also around issues of gender in general. I studied gender studies, for example, at my master's last year, and I definitely identify as a feminist, and that's something that's really important to me. Um, and yeah, I also love lots of other hobbies as well, um, like, you know, going to the gym and dancing and reading and all the fun stuff, really. But yeah, in a nutshell, I guess that's who I am. Now, I, I am going to ask it because uh, I, I'm going to be doing an episode about it in the future. And I just want to kind of have a little bit of a teaser insight, if you will. Um, so you mentioned that you are a feminist. Now, uh -huh. there'll, be a, there'll be a people that will listen to this, mainly men, who will listen and go, oh, feminist. Oh, and, you know, with that toxic masculinity and mm. the patriarchy that has been built around us and all that lot. And I'm just wondering uh, if you can give like a little bit of an insight of what feminism means to you. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's important that we do keep using that word because often it does have a lot of negative connotations. And I can understand why if you were to read like different types of media and to me, that's quite an obvious thing. It's something that we're you know, striving towards and wanting and advocating for. It certainly doesn't mean that we're trying to infringe on men's rights. Um, it just means that we're trying to strive to have equality um, and equity in situations where that's necessary as well. Brilliant answer, I absolutely love that. Um, okay, well, let's, let's get into it because we want to talk about LGBT or being LGBT or you know supporting lgbt specifically in lancashire because yes. you uh you you obviously help out at the lancashire lgbt uh, mm -hmm. group um mm -hmm. and let's take a bit of an insight into that so what does it yes. mean to be lgbt in lancashire well first it's just to say that there's a really rich lgbtq plus community in lancashire um and that like should be a really important thing that's celebrated um by everyone in the county but it's you know there's a lot of organizations within the county and lancashire lgbt is just one of them um if you want i can just speak a bit about lancashire lgbt as a charity and yeah please for those who don't know. So yeah, we were first set up in 2012. Um, we're a relatively small charity, but small but mighty. We've done lots of different projects over the years, but at the moment our current services consist of an information and support line. So that's like a helpline for anyone who's got any queries or problems, wants a bit of advice. So professionals or people who need help themselves or family members, um, they can give us a call. We're open Monday to Friday, 10 to 4, and get some information support and advice whether that's like signposting to other you know social groups that exist or just a bit of a general guidance um, on what you should do in a certain situation we support everyone on the lgbtq plus spectrum and that is very very wide um, so there's a real range of inquiries that we'll get but ultimately our mission statement is that we want to ensure that people lancashire um, lgbtq plus people in lancashire are happier healthier and well connected so like I said, the information support service is dealing with that side. We're a bit more like tailored support. Some people need a bit of, you know, emotional well-being support. That's where I come in. So I started the role in January. 
and since then have developed a support service and have a caseload of service users who I'm supporting. Um, and in terms of what issues they come with, it's a real range. So I think underpinning it all is mental health. Um, and I'm trained to sort of help people with that and provide emotional support around mental health issues. But obviously, it intersects with people's LGBTQ plus identity. So, for example, people who are transgender, um, they'll be affiliated with the gender um, identity clinic, often in Leeds, and there'll be a variety of issues that they might need help and support with on that. But there's also things like health, some safeguarding stuff, some people in terms of like domestic abuse, some cases. Um, it really varies and ultimately people will come to us and I'll like assess their needs and try and either signpost or give the support myself where I can. Um, that usually looks like telephone support, um, you know, check-ins every couple of weeks to see how people are doing. And in the meantime, I'll be, you know, liaising with the professionals, a lot of multi-agency working with the view to ultimately them not needing my support anymore and then moving on and having, you know, um, sort of resolve the issues that they first came to the service with. Um, so that's the kind of main part of my role. But there are a couple of side things that have also I've got going since starting the role in January that I really love and I'm really happy to speak about tonight. Um, I'll start with the first one. The first one is the mental health hour that we run bi-monthly. So um, it's kind of a role reversal. I'm the host for that one. So and we have like um, experts coming on in the field of like LGBTQ plus mental health. And I just kind of do a bit of a Q&A with them. We do it on Zoom and then record it and put it on the YouTube. And like, you know, people can interact in the moment, like say, ask questions in the comments and stuff like that. So we've done quite a few of them um, already and they've all gone really well and they deal with like a variety of issues. So it'll all be about you know lgbtq plus mental health but from different perspectives because we try and make it intersectional so for example we had hidaya um two people people from hidaya and they're an lgbtq plus muslim man. so looking at those intersections of like religion race and sexual orientation um most recently we had a map piece from the share service which is a psychosexual service and we refer a lot of our clients into that and you know we were looking at a range of issues anything from asexuality to um like sex and relationships in relation to the lgbtq plus community and um, for example if there's a, a pairing and one of them transitions gender how that affects their relationship pre and post transition just a real range of issues get dealt with um and like you say you can go to youtube and look at them if anyone's interested and the other part of my role that I, you know, have started since January um, and really, really love is the lesbian, bi and trans women and non-binary persons peer support group. It is a mouthful. But that is the name of the group. So, you know, it does what it says on the tin. It's for women and or non-binary people who identify as lesbian, bi or trans. And we meet fortnightly over Zoom. And it's just brilliant. It's a peer support um, dynamic. It's kind of very laid back. We'll speak about potentially, you know, trivial issues right up to very deep, meaningful and personal issues. And people are just there to kind of give support. And it's just worked really well. I facilitate the group, but it honestly just kind of runs itself because there's such wonderful people who are part of it. And everyone's found it a very safe and confidential space. 
and from the feedback the you know it was something that was missing when i first came into the role i was looking at all the different support groups that exist in the county and noticed that there wasn't one for lbt women and non-binary people specifically and thought why is that and that's a gap that needs filling and i feel like we have filled it now and it's it's gone really well um, and will continue to to grow every time that we meet we get new people who have um, never come to the group before um, and we have started to meet in person on occasion as well. We had our first meetup a couple of weeks ago in Preston, and that was lovely to meet everyone in person. Finally, see people outside of Zoom, like yeah. finally know people's height. Like, I don't know how tall or short any of you are meant to be, but now I do. Um, so that was lovely, and we'll continue to meet on occasion in person because we're doing a range of different things. One of those is um, we're having an art exhibition next year in March. Um, and we're currently like working on the art that we're going to be submitting for that. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, I've actually got some of it with me tonight that we could maybe look at later. But Definitely. yeah, it's all speaking to what our, our identity means to us as, as queer people, as queer women and non-binary people. So it's been really, you know, people have just been exploring that with art and it's been wonderful to be a part of. And I just cannot speak highly enough of our wonderful little group. Real. Now, there's a few things that I want to ask you in regards yes. to some of the things that you've said. Um, so one of the things that you mentioned, uh, or a sexuality that you mentioned that people might not necessarily know a lot about, um, which you touched on was asexual. Uh, yeah. Now, a lot of people will understand, obviously, LGBT, and they mm -hmm. know that there's a few letters after that as well, there but they don't really yeah. know about the other letters and obviously you said um asexual which is obviously one of those letters and uh, they are a sexual it's a sexuality group uh, of people who who do need to be recognized and i'm just wondering if you'd be able to expand on what asexuality yeah. is absolutely um so well we could just go through obviously got the lgbt and we'd say Q, meaning queer, and queer is kind of an umbrella term that has been reclaimed because decades ago it was actually obviously used as a homophobic slur, but queer people, some queer people in the community don't like to use it still, but some do like to use it. I personally quite like to use it. Um, and that's kind of an umbrella term, meaning you're just you're queer. So um, basically, you're not like heteronormative, um, you're not heterosexual, and potentially not even um, cisgender either. So that's the Q. The Q can also be seen to represent questioning as well. So like some people who are curious, they're not really sure what box they fit into. Maybe they don't want to fit in a box, but they're kind of questioning that. And then we've got the I, which is for intersex. So um, intersex people are very underrepresented under even, but they actually make up like, you know, a significant um, percentage of the population. I read once, and the, I mean, I don't know how accurate this is. I did read it on quite a reputable source, though, that, you know, there's as many intersex people as there are redheaded people in society. So, you know, it's not that they're just not existent. Um, intersex people are very much here and should be a recognised part of the LGBTQ plus community. That's why recently the Progress Pride flag finally included the intersex flag, which is like the yellow with the purple circle. So now the Progress Pride flag is fully inclusive to that. Asexuality, sorry to get onto it. So asexuality um, basically means in terms of your sexual orientation more so than your gender. So it's about who you're attracted to um, rather than what who you are as your gender. Um, and it means that you are not 
interested in either sexes um, or either genders um, and not attracted to them and you might not even want to have sex at all um, there is also people who identify as aromantic which is kind of like the same thing but for romance so you might not want to have romantic relationships um, with people because obviously there's lots of different types of relationships like platonic and romantic and sexual and you know friendship familial and they don't even necessarily all have to fit into tight boxes but on on the whole obviously there's lots more nuances to it and i'm not an asexual person so i'd never want to speak for the entire community just to sort of have that caveat but in the main it means that yeah you're um not have not interested and attracted to, in having sex with different genders Right. Thank you for explaining that as well, very articulately as well. Thank you. Um, now, one of the other things that you mentioned was non-binary. Now, I know that this is something yeah. that you uh, that you do talk about quite often, and mm. I'm just wondering if you'd be able to explain. Now, obviously, a lot of people who will be listening at home uh, or watching this tonight may have heard the term non-binary, don't really know enough about yeah. it. Um, so, I'm just wanting to to get your understanding and, and, and to put it out there about what non-binary means and why people are talking about it so much now yeah yeah definitely and i'm just like welcome this opportunity because i think it's something that we should all like pay more attention to and understand and i do appreciate that at first it might seem confusing um but ultimately i think it's good to just sort of lay down the law initially that about what gender is right so gender is something that's socially constructed and that from i mean suppose before even we leave the womb gender is something that when you find out whether it's a boy or a girl starts to be constructed right so we think that boys should wear blue and girls should wear pink even babies they start to buy them these colors and it's not just about the colors it's about what those colors represent and how girls and boys will then be treated from their very young age. And essentially the types of pressures that will be put onto them and ultimately the boxes that they will be forced to go into, um, which I'm sure that we've all experienced as just by the human condition, because that's a society we live in. Society is incredibly gendered. So in most people's view, there's only two genders. So you're either male or you're female, and that's directly related to your biological sex. This simply is, is not true in my opinion and in the opinion of most LGBTQ plus people because it's incredibly limiting if you think about it. Um, and the reason why I think that particularly recently a lot more people are coming out as non-binary um, or recognizing that within themselves is because they're understanding the gender binary, so that male-female dichotomy and how limiting that is, this notion that if you've just been assigned female at birth or assigned male at birth, you have to look and act and behave and feel a certain way. Um, whereas if you're, you know, people who are non-binary or identify as non-binary in some way, and it's a big spectrum, basically say that either I'm neither male nor female, or maybe I'm a bit male and a bit female, or that my gender can't actually be quantified in terms of masculinity and femininity entirely. It's something that exists a bit more in the middle. So if we think about sexuality, most people could probably agree that sexuality is a spectrum, like gay or straight, and then you've got bisexual and lots of different sexualities and it can swing and it's, and it's fluid. For some people, it's completely fluid, connected with the gender that was assigned to them at birth and they would be called cisgendered. 
some people obviously are trans so do not feel connected to the gender that was assigned to them at birth and some people feel non-binary which is it can be really anything it's quite fluid it can be that you feel like you say completely neither female nor female or a bit of both or on some days you feel more male and some days you feel more female or like i said before just this sense of not wanting to be quantified to um, the gender binary that's enforced upon us, wanting to exist outside of that or in the middle of that. Um, and that's essentially it really. I hope that makes sense because there's a, it's, it's, I can understand that if you've never even thought about the gender binary or never even thought about gender as a social construct, it might just feel completely overwhelming. But the main thing that I always say when I kind of explain this to new people in terms of how you treat others, even if you don't understand what their gender identity is and you don't maybe understand why someone wants to use they them pronouns, as long as you kind of meet them with a level of respect, irrespective of whether you get it or not, that's the main thing because ultimately we probably won't all understand each other in life, but we can still all respect one another. And as long as you agree that everyone in this in this country, in this world, <laughs> deserves like a baseline level of respect, deserves to be who they are authentically and live their life authentically as who they are. And it shouldn't really matter whether you understand the nuances of the terminology or of what it actually means. You'll just still treat, but allow them to be, you know, allow them to do their thing. So when people get really like upset about pronouns and like people who maybe want to say they them or she they or he they then I just think like you know let people do what they want that's what that's what feels comfortable for them like they don't want to be constricted by a she her or he him or by anything and also just to point out as well like it doesn't all have to boil down to pronouns you can be non-binary and actually still use she her pronouns or he him pronouns like i myself identify as like gender queer but also wouldn't be opposed to the term non-binary but also i feel like a woman and i just think that that might be confusing to some people but for me it makes total sense because it's like i feel very connected to my femininity and a sense of womanhood but i also feel connected to like masculine traits and like masculinity and also more importantly i just see gender as a social construct and something that there's so much more to and that we can like live outside of if that makes sense i don't feel like everything should be defined by my gender so that's kind of it. I don't know whether you want to speak, me to speak any more to it or if that is just like a load of word vomit. <laughs> no, it, it, to be fair, it's, it's, it's really good the way that, you, that, you've, that you've talked about it really and you've said obviously about non-binary and uh, mm. pronouns and all of that lot yeah. and how important it is. And I, I, and I hope that people take away from what you've just said and what we're talking about, specifically when it comes to non-binary, that actually if you can't, if you can't understand as you as you quite rightly said if you don't understand don't understand it you don't understand yeah. the whole non-binary and all that law um firstly be kind you know just respect yeah. people because you know that's what we're, we're you know nobody wants to be judged for anything that they do in life at all um but secondly i hope that people do understand that actually gender is a social construct it is something that we have created it is something that has chopped and changed over centuries um yeah. like for example um women wearing heels and yeah. that's something that we think women wearing heels if a man was to wear heels oh no there's something wrong with him but actually it started off with men wearing heels men wore heels and mm. then obviously you know through conditioning and all that like it became a female thing it became, it became a female um 
uh, quality, if you will, that only yeah. women would wear heels. And it's stuff like that. It, it's things like boys, um, boys when they're growing up or whatever, when they get toys for Christmas and whatever, they, they get tractors and racing exactly. cars. That's and all part of the social conditioning. Sorry, it's good to use those examples. Sorry, Marcus, because I think that, yeah, I say social conditioning because I've learned that. But that might not mean anything to someone. By social conditioning, we mean, yeah, the blue and the pink, the boys being masculine, playing with action man and tractors and not being able to cry and being told to man up and the girls being you know, sort of confined to a more domestic role, domestic sphere, although that's quite outdated, I do still think it very much exists. Um, girls having certain pressures around the way that they look, the way that they're taught to feel about themselves. Yeah, completely. Um, and also just, it's important to point out and, and recognize in terms of like history, like you were saying, non-binary identities, trans identities, what we would sort of broadly call gender non-conforming these types of identities have existed in other cultures in for thousands of years so looking at it historically sort of pre-colonization let's say a lot of cultures it was very normal to either be like non-binary or be a sort of feminine man or a masculine woman or just be kind of like androgynous and not really no one could really tell what gender you are but it didn't really matter because people didn't care about people's genders it wasn't really a big deal um i know it's hard for us to even grasp that in the type of society we live in that is so gendered but it's really important to, for us to know that especially like in this part of the world in the western world that actually you know it's not a new thing trans people non-binary people these gender non-conforming identities that exist outside the gender binary are very very normal and were for many many years and those types of people were actually often seen as like in some cultures, like trans people are seen as like the healers in society and, and seen as like something to celebrate and to embrace, not something to hate in the way that often it is in our society now, especially at the moment with the transphobia that's evident um, in society and in the mainstream media. So yeah, just to reflect on that, I think, and like people can like look into that online um, or look at like different, you know, resources, books and documentaries about that. It's really important to like broaden our perspectives on it, I think, because it's like, whoa, we've all like been living by this gender binary our entire lives. And if you step out of it slightly, it can even make you reflect on your own relationship with your own gender. And that doesn't mean it has to change at all, but maybe it does. And maybe that's empowering for some people. Definitely. And one of the things as well that, that popped into my head was when we look at like the history of, um, gender or like just gender stereotypes or uh just the way that we have been conditioned to 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 think about certain things in in, in certain ways like the the number one thing that always pops into my head first well first of the number one thing is obviously heels um the mm -hmm. second thing uh that pops into my head is shaving so oh, for yeah. example for example, like the razor blades and things like that. So women are conditioned, and it's all about conditioning. This is the thing. This is this is what we need to talk about. It's about conditioning, and the women are conditioned to uh, to believe that they have to shave their legs and shave their underarms and all of mm -hmm. that lot. Uh, and and that all started as a money making scheme from Gillette. Gillette. Yes. Uh, so they had so obviously G Gillette released obviously the, the the male razors and things like that, mm -hmm. and they wanted more money they wanted more money they wanted to try and find a, a new 
uh, audience, a new a, a new consumer, and so they advertised uh, women's, and so obviously the women started shaving their arms, uh, so not shaving, sharing the legs, or some shaving their arms, uh, some uh, sharing, well. yeah, yeah. sharing the legs, sharing their underarms, and, and things like that. And it was advertised as this is beauty, this is what beauty is, and mm. suddenly over over tens and uh, hundreds of years or whatever, however long it's been for Gillette, um, suddenly. Women are are now conditioned to believe, obviously, that 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 they need to shave to be beautiful, and yeah. that is like one of the that is one of the main things that sticks into my head when we talk about gender conditioning, um, yeah, because it's true, it's factual, and it, and all you have to do is is look back on the on the history. If you look at ancient Egypt, for example, the beautiful women oh. were actually had hair. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's uh, natural; like it grows, yeah. right? Like. Yeah, I completely agree with that example. That's why I don't shave personally. But I understand that, you know, I also, there's no shade towards women or femme people who do shave. Like, if they like that aesthetic, we've obviously been conditioned and these beauty standards that have been imposed on us in society, you know, they're going to be in our brains somehow. So I love makeup, for example. Don't wear it every day, but, like, I do like to do glam makeup. But then... So I'll conform to maybe that's beauty standards, perhaps, but then I won't remove any of my body hair. So it's kind of like I'm sort of picking and choosing on my own terms, which elements of this like patriarchal beauty standards I will partake in and which I won't. So that's kind of, you know, empowering, even though we are all with still within this system, we can't really fully get away from it ever. But it'll always change, and that's the thing. It'll evolve into something else. And you know what? We'll, we'll, you know, in hundreds of years down the line, something like people will be looking back and thinking, "Oh my God, as if they did that," and it'll be yeah, something completely exactly. different. <laughs> yeah, and and that's what people need to realize that obviously we we do, uh, and you're right as well. Like you you choose to do what you feel comfortable doing, and that's what we have to respect about people who identify as non-binary. They. Yeah are choosing to live their life in a specific way that doesn't conform to the gender norms. That is it. And, yeah. you know, we have to respect that because that's their choice as we choose, as I choose to not shave all the time, or as I choose uh -huh. to wear, you know, a T-shirt, or as I, I choose to wear my trainers, or I wear my Diamante trainers, or whatever uh -huh. I want to do. That's me. I want to wear, that's my choice. And we have to respect other people. And, and what they believe in, what their choices are in life. Definitely. And I think also it's important just to point out, and this is a sentiment that I feel from a lot of the people that I work with, and I feel myself as well, that like LGBTQ plus people, like including non-binary people, like we are just out here like living our lives and it's not, it shouldn't even be seen or like sensationalized or seen as like super exceptional to sort of step outside the gender binary. Cause there's so much more to a non-binary person than just the fact that they're non-binary. They could be a non-binary like astronaut <laughs> or scientist or like anything that's super impressive, not even necessarily just academic, like absolutely anything. They're a family member, you know, they're a friend, they're a contributing member of society or not, they're just a person. And like, it's really important to have visibility, um, but also not like hyper visibility that I think sometimes happens. And it can also be a form of othering because it's like highlighting difference when actually sometimes people just want like normalcy and to be, you know, accepted and treated like everyone else is, like a cisgendered person, so someone who either, you know, 
identifies with the gender that was assigned to them at birth, be it male or female, they would never get like the scale of questioning about their gender identity that a non-binary person would. It would never be like, oh, when did you know that you were cisgendered male? Like, when did you know that? Or like, when did you know that you were straight? Like, when was the first time that you, it's just, it would never happen. But the, the questioning that like queer people get about their sexuality and their gender identity, sometimes it's coming from not a malicious place but it's still really frustrating because it's like you wouldn't be asking this to a straight cis person so perhaps people should maybe think on that and like when they're thinking about asking a certain question or saying a certain comment just like reflect on whether would you say that to someone who was straight like about their like marital relationship you probably would oh well maybe don't say it then now i i could talk for absolutely ages about uh gender stereotypes and of course because i'm doing a full episode on this the whole patriarchy like patriarchal society that we live in where like for example like you know as girls are are believe that they you know that they 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 are just princesses um and the fact that storybooks and movies always make the woman to be the like the the, the one that's mm. always in trouble and needs a man to come along and rescue her from yeah. this horrible situation that she's in because she's such a damsel in distress now i could talk forever about it i'm doing i'm actually going to be doing a full episode on it so i don't want wow. to go into it too much because i can't wait to do that one yeah, um, I'll be listening but, to that one. <laughs> but you can come along <laughs> and join the conversation it's going to be a good one um yeah. But yeah, one of the things that I want to talk about, which is obviously what we would literally, what you would literally just talk about then, is uh, respect towards people and their, um, for example, their pronouns, their life, their yeah. all of that. Lot. I want to specifically talk about pronouns because speaking to uh, people um, outside of 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 this uh, of this no, if you will, like the knowing of uh, pronouns and non-binary and all of that, the LGBTQ plus um, world, if you will. They would have questions with regards to pronouns because obviously, as I say, as, as we said from the top, this is something that's talked about more and more now about pronouns, about non-binary, about um, all the other avenues of LGBTQ+. And people will not really know about pronouns as much, but then also maybe too scared to bring that conversation yeah. up around pronouns. And I'm just wondering if you'd be able to give a bit of insight about mm -hmm. pronouns, about what is respect, uh, uh, about a respectful way to go about pronouns. Or if, for example, you know, somebody's a little bit worried about getting attacked, not physically attacked, but, you know, getting yeah, attacked but... by somebody uh, because they've, they've misgendered somebody. Uh, yeah. So I'm just wanting your insight on that. Yeah, just as like obviously a baseline again, like of course misgendering happens, right? Like I've been in some of the most like feminist, like op so-called open-minded communities and misgendering still happens because it, it's genuinely an accident, right? But it's about how you deal with that. Um, I would say that the vast majority of non-binary people that I know and have like close to me would never call someone out unnecessarily about it or never make someone feel um like super judged for misgendering them if it was a genuine accident and if they would just sort of say sorry and move on but also not like center themselves in that apology just be like oh sorry and move on um, and get it you know work sort of think about getting it right next time i've misgendered people it happens i think a non-binary friend said something to me that really stuck in my mind though and has helped me in the future is that so I accidentally misgendered them and said she 
And then, you know, they said to me, look, it's because I think you're, you're just trying to memorize a pronoun. You're just trying to memorize like their name and then they, them, you're not actually, you're still seeing me as a woman. Like you, you, you're still in your mind, you're still seeing me as a woman, but you're thinking, oh, I need to get it right. So I'll just memorize they, them. And then sometimes your brain tricks you and that's why you'll get it wrong perhaps. But if you unlearn the gender binary and unlearn things about gender, unlearn the fact that this person isn't a woman, they're non-binary, like they're not a woman, then if that's their type of non-binary, by the way, but like, you know, if you unlearn that and you start to visualize them in your mind as non-binary, like as neither male nor female, as they them, as non-binary, then that'll probably make it easier because I think it's more than just like memorizing pronouns and like trying to get it right. That's important to try and get it right, but you've got to actually go a bit deeper and think about how do I view this person? Like, do I actually view them as a male or a female still? Or am I actually going to like, you know, try and integrate into my sort of muscle memory, the fact that non-binary is a valid identity, it's, it's, it's a valid identity within itself. And some people do very much identify with it and that's who they are. That can help. But also just if you meet someone new, and this is why, you know, pronouns now in workplaces are becoming very commonplace to place in your email signature, because it kind of normalizes people saying their pronouns. And that means that if someone is non-binary and uses they, them, and would like to be referred to as they, them, of course, then it's not just them who has to say what their pronouns are. It's like cisgender people are also saying it to make it normal for non-binary people to say it. Because again, it's just othering in a form of like difference in like highlighting difference in a negative way. If it's only like, you know, the gender non-conforming people who have to say what their pronouns are, it should be commonplace that everyone says it and then it just normalizes it. Because in the same way that we say our name, pronouns are a way that people identify us and speak about us. So it is important to know because otherwise you might misgender someone. But I think I also support quite a lot of people um, that are trans, for example, or even non-binary and pronouns aren't the be all and end all for them. Like it, it kind of doesn't matter. Some people very much say that I don't actually really mind what you call me um, as long as you respect me and would go by any. So I think that that's all, it's also important to recognize that it's neither black nor white and that it's kind of just a conversation to be had. So if you meet a new person and it's a new situation and maybe you know you could introduce and say your pronouns and if they want to say their pronouns, they probably will and they'll vibe off the fact that you've held that space for them to say their pronouns and hopefully they'll be responsive. But if not, like, you know, it's it, you've tried and you've tried to create that situation. Um, but yeah, I think that ultimately it shouldn't be a source of um, like anger. People shouldn't get angry about people wanting to use different pronouns. And I think that it is important if it's important for that person. And it costs nothing, like in the same way that manners cost nothing, like it doesn't take away from your like masculinity or femininity for you to just put like whatever your pronouns are in your email signature, for example, if you want to, if that feels comfortable for you, because that, like I said, may very well lead to someone who's feeling cautious and unsure about their gender identity and usually say them and just feels a bit nervous about being able to say that it kind of just opens it up for them so yeah i would say that's probably pronouns <laughs> if you do something like that it basically op it opens you up to be a to to have that conversation with someone yeah. so essentially they know that who may be questioning or may have 
you know, maybe struggling to to bring it up to so say, for example, it's in a work environment and you put on your signature. Uh, so I would put like he, him, and oh. it might be that somebody along the chain is questioning, or it might be that they actually don't want to bring it up and they're a little bit reserved or whatever. It shows that actually I'm a person that they can speak to about it and, yeah. and have that open conversation. And that's what we need to remember. Alongside yeah. with pronouns as well, one of the things that I wanted to kind of add on that would be the fact that the amount of pushback that people get with they, them pronouns and say that, oh, but it's a plural and it goes against oh, the language gosh. and blah, blah, blah. Do you know what? I'm, I've got a perfect story. Uh, so I started my brand new job on Tuesday this week and I, and you know, I don't talk about, I don't, it's not like I walk into a room and go, hey, I identify as a gay male or whatever. I don't, I don't do any of that. Um, and I've not mentioned you know my partner is a he him or uh she her or whatever uh, and whenever i've talked about my partner i go they and i just say uh, now my partner identifies as as male and is he him but right. uh, in the in the essence of the table i was just going oh yeah so uh, my uh, so i'm married um my partner works because i call him my partner i just said so i was just having a normal conversation and they didn't understand the people around the table didn't know uh if I was referring to a male or I was referring to a female or anybody in between. And the first thing that they did was go, oh, so you don't see each other. So what do they think about that? And they didn't even think about the fact exactly. that they were. People can use they, them. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't. They actively didn't think, oh, but. Uh, actually that that's a plural thing and I shouldn't say that or whatever. They was actually just actively going. They like subconsciously, sorry. This person in front of me has not mentioned if they are a male or a female. So I have to say they because they, I don't know if that's a male or female. That is all it is. That's yeah, all exactly. it is. Exactly. So, yeah. Like people have been using they them in various different situations. It's often when you're not, you not, don't know the person personally. You will use they them like without even realizing. It's just, yeah, it's just like I said, it's just not respectful for some people to be like that and to like then actively misgender and to mm -hmm. act like you're like infringing on their rights by asking them to use they them. Like it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. But like I said before, I think something that really helps and it helped me is actually unlearning and deconstructing what your meaning of gender is in your mind and thinking. So, like, for example, Demi Lovato goes by they them now and a lot of people will still misgender them and say she her because they were assigned to female at birth and are still pretty relatively femme presenting like i myself am quite femme presenting so i think that people just assume that it's she her but actually if you deconstruct notions of like femininity and someone who wears makeup and dresses a certain way with being female and sort of reconcile that with like that can actually mean that someone's non-binary because non-binary identities are very open and do not just mean androgyny they can mean anything it's kind of down to the individual then that might help in actually less misgendering because you'll just be like going around seeing people for who they are and like whatever they tell whoever they tell you they are um but yeah one of the things I wanted to talk about as well was support for parents. So I've talked about yeah. uh, previously on this show where I, I've I've talked about my story and talked about how um, if my parents were a little bit more educated about mm. um, you know LGBTQ plus uh, and and the world around LGBTQ plus etc., then they may not have had the fear of 
um, what I was identifying as, which means that they would have been able to react in a different way than yeah. they did. I don't hold anything uh, against what they did. It made me the person that I am today, and I'm, I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about it in my book that's going to be released oh. later this year. Um, <laughs> but uh, the I, you know it, it's it's one of those. I know that through education, or I believe that through education, things would have been handled a lot, a lot differently. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you know of any support that might because we all we all we all know that obviously when 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 somebody comes out as as uh or, or however they identify they come out and they you know they come out of the closet whether they be throwing confetti or glitter in the air as they do it or yeah. whatever it's up to them and um, but when people come out as uh, as whatever they want to identify as there is this kind of feeling that and this is a personal opinion of mine and i do want to stress that um that the parents of lgbtq plus children have to accept it and obviously they do or they should do they should accept it yeah. because you know it's, it's a part of life um however i do feel like there's no education for the parents so the parents have just kind of got to go go along with it and, and be supportive mm -hmm. without knowing the full ins and outs and how they can be better how they can be a better ally how they can further their own knowledge on it to be a more supportive parent because say for example somebody uh so we'll use me as an example so i came out and automatically my parents were like whoa no blah blah, blah this and the other and they and they said no straight away now obviously if they didn't have the education and they weren't like that they would have just been like okay and they wouldn't have known what that meant they wouldn't have known you know what my future was like they wouldn't have known anything at all and i'm wondering if you know of any support networks specifically for parents of lgbtq plus children so then they can get a little bit more educated to be better to have a um to be a better support uh network for their children and to obviously be a, a better ally in, in in all honesty yeah, I mean, first, it's obviously a really important thing in education in general for parents, but for teachers, for anyone who's working with children is essential. And that's why it's so important that it gets more into the curriculum. Sadly, obviously, there was a huge pushback from some parents against that last year, but like, it's absolutely integral. In terms of like, I can only speak to sort of Lancashire LGBT. So we have um, like a volunteer who's a mother of a trans child. And often we will actually get parents coming into us who have trans children and are not quite sure how to deal with it. So she can offer some peer support to them who are live local um, in the county. But other than that, I'm sure that there are, I know it sounds silly, but like Facebook communities, often these are actually quite like grassroots communities. Like you can type into Facebook kind of what you want and there'll probably be a group for it. So if it's something like very specific to your local area that you'd want, but often like, you know, you can connect online with people. I think that with this type of situation, education is important. There's a lot of resources out there. Like parents could go and be educated by going on Stonewall's website or the LGBT Foundation's website. There's lots of resources there. The Proud Trust is also an LGBTQ plus charity that works with children. So they have quite a lot of good resources as well. But like people who've got lived experience of it, like I said, our volunteer who's the mother of a trans child, I think that's often like really invaluable to speak to a fellow person who's been through or is going through the same thing as you and can offer just a bit of peer support so yeah like people can come to us with that if they want to and um, they can ring the support line i mentioned before and we can put them in touch with um our volunteer brilliant, brilliant. now 
Is there anything that we haven't discussed that you would like the opportunity to discuss now? Well, there's loads, no, but there's just, there's like a, lots of things more that we do. I could just do a whistle stop tour. I'm conscious of time. I've, no, I've got, you, you crack on. Okay, okay. I'll just, because I had a list of like the things that we do and I wanted to make sure that I use this opportunity to really get people knowing who Lancashire LGBT are. So I'll sort of and, briefly speak uh, about forget, now. Sorry, don't forget as well, at the end, we will go through the artwork thing. Yes, so I'll leave that to the end. But for now, I'll just explain like a couple more of our services, just in case there's anyone who, you know, wants to access them or knows someone who wants to access them. And obviously, I'll say at the end how to get in touch with us. But so in terms of the groups, obviously, we've got the peer support group that I mentioned before. We also recently started our swimming group again, which is for trans people. And it's monthly. It's at Moor Park Leisure Centre from 8.30 till 9.30 a.m. on the last Thursday of every month. You must book on with us. Go to our website for that. We also have an LGBTQ plus walking group. So it's open to everyone who's LGBTQ plus and that's monthly again. It's on the third Saturday of every month and you'll do a different walk around the Lancashire area. It's always updated on our website of when that is and you can just turn up for that. Um, we didn't have one last year because of the pandemic, but we do usually have a trans residential each year. That's like a two day um, getaway within the county for trans people people who are either connected to the gender identity clinic going through the transition very early on in the transition um and yeah for them to connect build community and that's always an incredible um weekend that people get so much out of um we did also used to have this because of the pandemic we don't anymore hopefully it'll be coming back we had like a satellite clinic for the leeds gender identity clinic where the gender outreach workers would come to our office in preston and base themselves there for a day and clients service users can come and speak to them um, about their case about what's going on with their um, journey in the gender identity clinic so that's another form of support that we offer in collaboration with the gender identity clinic in leeds we also do lots of training. Um, we our trans awareness training is CPD accredited, but we do you know more general LGBTQ plus training for schools, businesses, like anyone can really get in touch, and we've got training packages that we can do for you. So if your workplace you think needs a bit more awareness about these issues, then you know get in touch basically. In terms of that as well, we have something called the Quality Mark, and this is since 2015. So again it's for companies private and public um and if you identify some like gaps in knowledge in your workplace and you think that there needs to be better awareness on that or you just need to be more like lgbtq plus friendly as an organization you can sign up to our quality mark and it'll be a whole process where we like guide you through what a set of criteria that we've outlined makes an lgbtq plus friendly organization and if obviously you succeed in all those you'll get the quality mark and that just shows outwardly to the world that you are an lgbtq plus friendly organization obviously that's really good for employees who identify as lgbtq plus but also potential employees and just for anyone just to know that you're that type of organization and this is something that you care about and have put the time into demonstrating not just paying lip service but demonstrating actively that this is you know what your organization stands for um and that was actually it in on my list that was a whistle stop tour of lancashire lgbt um yeah i think I've, there's probably something i've missed but um that's what i'll do for now <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that you want to talk about 
Um, no, to be honest, because I really wanted to speak about obviously non-binary identities. So that's really important to me. So, but we really went into that, and I really we like really welcome did. the. Yeah, I hope that people maybe have taken something away from that because it's something that yeah I feel really strongly about and is important to speak about. It, we definitely did. We definitely went into it, and it's definitely yeah. something that we really, we really needed to cover, especially during the Pride Month. So I'm, I wanted to do Pride yeah. Month specifically because of the fact that not there are plenty of companies that are out there that will just go Pride, and then that's it. That, that's all they do. They just go, oh, Pride, it's Pride, and then they yeah. know they don't really go into like they, mm. they they know about the L, the G, the B, and the T, and mm. then they don't really do anything else. And so, no. what I wanted to specifically do was talk about those subjects that people don't necessarily hear a lot about to do with yeah. the LGBT community. Uh, and so, this episode, when you mentioned that you obviously wanted to come on and talk about non-binary, I was like, yes, hundred percent, let's do it. Um, Great. There is so much more that we could talk about, and we are definitely, if you're up for it, going to do a part two, and um, oh. and talk about even more stuff that you want to talk about. And because I think it, you're such a great guest to have on the show, you've been you've been <laughs> absolutely brilliant. So I would absolutely love to have you on for a part two if you are happy to do that as well. Yeah, um, more than happy. I love chatting. <laughs> what I wanted to talk about before we get onto the artwork as well is. Um, how can people out there be a better ally? Mm -hmm. So I think it kind of, to be honest, speaks to, well, actually, there's one thing, and then I'll go back to something that I mentioned before. The first thing is listen to people who are living it. So rather than sort of making assumptions on what you think they should feel or, like, what you think as someone who's not experienced that is the right thing. I think it's always important to center the voices of marginalized groups and people who've got lived experience of a particular situation. And that doesn't just go for LGBTQ+, that goes for like issues of racism, of ableism, of anything. Like listen to the people who've gone through it because they know, they know more than you. <laughs> like that's just the bottom line. They will know because they've been through it. Listen to them. So whatever, and that's, you know, in terms of, again, bring it back to non-binary. And if that means that they're telling you they're non-binary and they're telling you that they use they, them pronouns, then like listen to that and respect that. And then sort of to go back to my point earlier that I made, irrespective of whether you can fully get your head around the concept of it, be it non-binary, for example, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that you respect them. So paying respect to them does look like using their correct pronouns. Apologising if you mess up and trying better next time. Um, just treating them in the same way that you would treat anyone else and how you would want to be treated. So not quizzing them or highlighting difference in a you know uncomfortable way. Um, just being respectful, being kind, um, being sensitive. Um, I think all these things are just really important to to do. And it's, it's so basic as well. Just yeah, I know we can't feel <laughs> like, so. So think of it as this, okay? My name is Marcus. Okay, mm -hmm. my name is Marcus. The amount of people growing up they come up to me and go, "Hi, Mark," and I go, "It's Marcus," and they go, "Oh, sorry, I didn't realize." And then yeah. that's it. And then we move on. That's it. That's, that's all it is. Like all, all the all that's you're doing it. is you're saying you're you're, you're you've assumed something, and then. That person has said, actually, no, it's actually this. And then you go, okay, no problem then. And then you learn. 
and that is it if you look at it as that it is as simple as a name yeah 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 (laughs) right crack on i agree Mm. um okay so let's talk about this artwork yeah so part of the lbt plus women and non-binary persons peer support group is that like i said we're doing artwork so it was a very open brief just like make some artwork that represents or like connects to your identity as a queer person so people have done a range of things from like collages sketches paintings um someone made a playlist like it really photography um stitching and like each week we have a little show and tell and like i said ultimately next year in march we're going to be having an exhibition and we're going to try and make it into a big event you're invited marcus and um yeah we'll just be exhibiting this and just be saying like this is who we are as this group this is what we've created co-produced over the past year and and it's special and like please like you know be be with us and feel the joy that we feel when we're in the group so I, I mean i made this collage and i can sort of briefly speak through it um it's just one example oh can you see it i'll go through it yeah yeah yeah. okay there we go so there's lots of different elements to it as you can see like around the edge there's like a tape measure and i put that on because like all my life um you know as a woman i've been very conscious of my weight and sort of conditioning to thinking that I have to constantly be measuring myself um, physically and it'll never be good enough. And that's like kind of something that I felt for a very long time. And then over the past few years, I've kind of overcome that and feel a lot better for it to kind of reject those beauty standards and those senses of pressure. And then we've also got, we've got a period pad, as you can see, oh no, on this side, and it says on it, no shame. Um, and it also says gender is a construct and I've put some like pink uh, stuff on that to like represent blood because it's just always interesting in in adverts for menstrual products the blood is blue because for some reason we have to be like we can't see red blood because that would just be horrendous because that's just natural right so I think that again like this is something that I've been shamed and I and like many people who have periods which isn't just women obviously like have felt all of our lives so that's kind of why I wanted to like reclaim that and put that on there and then we've got loads of other like just words like queer queen and like diamantes because like I love jazzy things like that. Community because that's like what the group's all about. I just put out different words like level up. Um, what is beauty anyway? That says there. And this one says like it was like a makeup magazine, so it says conceal and define. It was obviously about like a, a concealer, so I just cut that out and like put like a crossover conceal because we shouldn't conceal us conceal ourselves and like underline define. And then I put like or not because I do feel that I felt personal pressure to like really define like my sexual and my gender identity quite a lot and it's good and nice if people want to do that and they're like yeah this is me like this is my box but like i don't personally always feel like i fit into a box and like i'm more fluid so it's also okay to to be like that um here's a little note that one of my friends gave me um and it says don't forget that you'll get where you need to be i thought it's just like really nice and sweet and in keeping with the theme um it says you are the revolution there that's because I ordered makeup from Revolution. Put <laughs> that out and made it like more, obviously, of a deeper meaning. Um, and here it says like, um, well, a swear word. I've started out the gender binary, um, and like it's like M for male and female for 
an ethafil there like this like little cotton thing in between because it's just like you know fluid and in between and doesn't really have to subscribe to like male or female but can still be like very feminine which i feel like represents me so yeah that's the finished product that's brilliant. <laughs> so that's just something that I made. I'm not an artist. Well, we're all artists, but I'm not like, I can't really draw or paint. So I was like, oh, I'll just cut some stuff out and stick it down. But um, yeah, it's, it's just stuff like that. We do every week and people have opportunities to share what they've done. Oh, yay. We can speak through them briefly as well. So this is actually, we're going to be making like a shared tapestry. So all these things, these patches are going to be stitched together and be like a big shared tapestry that will also be the exhibition. So this is actually a sneak preview. Um, but this is just some of the ones that have already been made. Um, and like it's been done really organically. This just means means stuff to people who've made them. And you can probably see like, you know, lots of like rainbow colours, just some of the quotes, forget who they told you to be, be who you were born to be and a butterfly. They're all really beautiful and like mean personal things to the people who made them. Um, the other one down there says, show them your true colours and be you. Um, to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's just it's just beautiful. And I think it's like been a really special process of people making these have found it quite cathartic. And like I said, everyone's going to be encouraged to make one of these squares and then we'll stitch them all together and it'll be a big um, part of the exhibition so that's just a little insight into what we've been doing and um, when was the exhibition again sorry it's going to be in march next year it's going to be hopefully for the same week um of lbt plus women and non-binary persons health week which usually falls like in the middle of march um, I think like International Women's Day week, like that week. So we, do, we don't have the dates yet, but when we do for that week, we'll try and it'll be that week that we'll organise it. Um, and yeah, closer to the time, obviously, there'll be lots of stuff on our social media and website about how to get involved if you want to attend. And please do, because it's going to be a great event. That's beautiful. I, I, can't, I can't wait for that, to be fair. I can't wait to see. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see the finished piece. That'll be absolutely epic yeah. to see. There's going to be so many pieces as well. Like there's that, but there's individual pieces. There's going to be photography because we're going to like, yeah. I won't say too much because I feel like I'm going to ruin the surprises. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find more information on uh, the work that you do, the work that Lancashire LGBT do, um, the yeah. obviously all the individual stuff that you do. Like, where can, as an overview, where can people find all of this information and find more information from you? Yeah, so um, Lancashire LGBT have a website, um, which is just Lancashire LGBT. And you, well, if you Google that, that literally comes up. And then our Facebook is at Lancashire LGBT. Um, our Instagram is at LanxLGBT. We have Twitter as well. So like all the socials, basically. If you want to get in touch um, like with me, if you've got like an inquiry about the support service or you want a bit more information essentially on anything that we've been speaking about tonight, that's also fine. You can email me on my work email, which is bethm at LanxLGBT.org.uk. Um, and yeah, I think that's how you get in touch. That's where you can find me.
Brilliant. And what we will do is after the when when the podcast goes live for anybody that's uh, watch, listening to this, sorry, via podcast, so via Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Audible, and others, because we are streaming over to twelve different podcasts. If you are listening to this right now on podcast, make sure that you check the show notes above to get all of those links that have just been mentioned. Well, we are coming to the end of the show, and I want to have your final thoughts on today's episode. I have loved today's episode. I found it refreshing just to speak about these issues and like speak about them to an audience that might not know about them. I really feel passionate. That's so important. Um, and I'm always really happy to do that. So I hope it's been useful. I've really enjoyed myself and you've been an excellent host, Marcus. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. At the end of every episode, I give my guests the opportunity to give a quote. Now it can be a quote that they stand by, live by. It can be a quote that they've made up that they just think, do you know what? I'm going to make up this quote and this is how I'm going to live my life. Or it could be a quote that they've heard that they just really like and that has resonated with them. And I'm just wondering if you've got a quote for my viewers and listeners today and what that quote means to you. Yes, I do have a quote. It's from a non-binary activist um, who everyone should follow on Instagram. They also have a website. They brought out a book recently called Beyond the Gender Binary, which is a fantastic insight into all the things that we've been touching on. It must also go without saying that this is not my knowledge, like I'm literally standing on the shoulders of people who have been amazing thinkers and educators and I've learned a lot from them. So their name is Alok Vade Menon. Um, they were like a gender studies student and now are an activist around non-binary issues and like I said are an author as well. So the quote is, we want a world where boys can feel, girls can lead and the rest of us can not only exist but thrive. This is not about erasing men and women, but rather acknowledging that man and woman are two of many stars in a constellation that do not compete, but amplify one another's shine. And I just love that quote. I think it really speaks to a lot of the issues that I've discussed tonight about non-binary identities and gender non-conforming identities and how there's something to embrace as, as a very natural part of society. Um, and that they shouldn't be discriminated against um, on the basis of the fact that they're just different to what we know. Um, and yeah, and it's not about a sense of competition. It's just about us all wanting to be accepted for who we are and live like harmoniously and have e equal equality, have equal rights, essentially. So, yeah. And we talked about it with uh, Danielle last week, that equality isn't that we want more rights than anybody else we want an equal line that's why it's called equality we don't yeah. want more we want the same <laughs> no i don't I, and i don't understand why like because literally says it on the tin equality like it couldn't be more clear but um yeah it's definitely a sense of just wanting to be treated with respect like you know and that's all that anyone wants it's just part of the human condition i guess definitely and what people deserve well, that does take us to the end. Have you had fun? Yeah, I've had loads of fun. Thank you. Like I said, I love chatting and it's been great. Brill. Uh, I've had an absolute ball with you. Thank you so much for coming on this show. I am I going to wait with great anticipation for our part two because that's yeah. going to have to happen 100% times over. <laughs> um, and you are now free to say your goodbyes. 
Oh, well, thank you, everyone. Thanks for people who are listening, who's been commenting. Um, yeah, and just get in touch with me if you want to discuss any of these issues further or if you or yourself or you know someone that needs help, please get in touch. Thank you. Uh, and I will see you again soon. Yeah, bye. Thanks, Marcus. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow, 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 wow. What an episode. I knew it was going to be a good one. I knew it was going to be a good one. Uh, thank you, everybody who is listening. Uh, Deborah has put a comment saying, I learned so much. Thanks. Good. That's what we're about. The, the three principles of Spill It is to connect people together, inspire people, and help people learn something new. So thank you for that comment. It means that we've done our job. <laughs> you've learned something today so thank you thank you for uh actively listening actively learning as well as well i've learned so much i would love to say that i know absolutely everything about the lgbtq plus community i definitely don't um but it, it's been great it's been a great insight to have so thank you so much for participating and once again i would like to say a massive thank you to beth who came on and was just pure awesomeness let's be honest and as i say i cannot wait for because it's gonna have to happen a part two because there's so much more that we could talk about and obviously we don't want to cram too much in this one episode we want you to come back and learn something more with us so yeah we will definitely be doing a part two next week on spill it it is a big one it is a big one because we have got daniel franzese coming on the show to talk about HIV. Now, for those people who don't know who Daniel Franzese is, where have you been half your life? But also, uh, he starred in the film Mean Girls, amongst other things, but he's more well-known for the role that he played as Damien in Mean Girls. He'll be coming on the show live from New York City uh, to talk about HIV, and I cannot wait to have him on the show. I got a fangirl so much, it's unbelievable. But yes, it's going to be an absolutely epic episode, so I hope that you come along and you ask all your mean girl questions, but then you also learn so much more about HIV forward slash AIDS as well, because we're going to be talking about it all. So make sure that you come along and say hello to Danny and to me and you learn all about everything i'm sorry i keep thinking about it i keep thinking about the episode i'm just like i'm gonna ask you so much stuff and uh, so yeah i can't wait so yeah it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be awesome i can't wait my name is marcus wright you can find all of my social medias and all the work that i do over on the spillet website www.spillet.uk where you'll also be able to see all of my upcoming episodes and you'll also be able to click a little button to connect with all of my guests so if you wanted to connect with beth who was on tonight all you have to do is head over to the website and there'll be a little connect with guest button and you can click on that and it'll direct you straight over to the page easy and uh, there are so many things that you can do obviously you can see all the upcoming guests you can see all the previous episodes you can check out the facebook youtube and twitch channel on there you can also check out all the podcasts and also you can support me the ways that you can support me are there are four ways you can buy merch that you can buy some of these spill it t-shirts you can buy some of the beanie hats as we head into the winter months there are also the uh, little bit of marcus merch as well that's all available on the website you can join the official Patreon and be an official teacup uh, by donating literally £2 per month. That is it. It is less than the price of a cup of tea in Costa. Um, but you can join the official Patreon. You can support me by donating just 
two pounds per month and that keeps billy growing more and more and more and getting all of this fab merch out to you guys as well there are other there are two other ways that you can support me that doesn't require you to actually pay money you know because not everybody wants to do that and i completely understand that it's fine uh you can invite people into the spillet community by sharing the podcast sharing the facebook page for sharing the youtube channel or sharing the twitch channel you can share it out and you can invite people into the spillet community and you can also leave a review if you're listening to this via amazon podcast audible or apple podcast and you can leave a cheeky little review on there for me to read um and if you're watching this via facebook live or facebook in general then you can do uh, you can leave a review on there as well leave me a review i absolutely love it uh if you didn't enjoy the episodes don't leave me a review it's fine you know it's fine or if you don't want to leave a review you know you don't have to i'm not telling you what to do you do you you be a fabulous version of you whatever you decide to do but if you do want to leave me a review you know make me laugh <laughs> And if you want to get in touch with me uh, for coming on the show or just talk to me in general, then you can drop me an email. My best contact is via my email, marcus at spillit.uk. You can get in touch with me if you want to come on the show. I'm looking for guests, actually, for Christmas. So if you wanted to come on the show over the November and uh, December time, then, come, you know, get in touch. Let me know. Or if you know somebody, you can nominate them and I can get in touch with them. It's up to you. But again, I'm, you know, you do you. I'm not telling you what to do. <laughs> it's just if you want to, that's all. <sighs> and that takes us to the end of the episode. Thank you again to my amazing guest, Beth. It is not the last time that you will see her. She will definitely be back in the future. And you will definitely see me again, because you'll see me again next week with Danny Francesi. <laughs> ah! Can't wait. Thank you so much uh, to you guys for tuning in, listening and participating. And thank you so much to anybody who is listening to this via podcast. It's great to have you on board as a little teacup. Thank you so much. And until we spill it again, it's bye for now.